What's up, hockey fans, and welcome to the Good Goal Podcast. I am your host, Christian Brady, alongside Matt T.R. Matt, say hi to the fans for us. What's up, guys? Uh, technical difficulties, of course, with this freaking podcast. But we we're can't gonna, avoid it. We're going to try to get you, uh, get you guys 15, 20-minute uh, fast-tracked episode here and uh, just hear our voice, see what we're about, and uh, see if you like the show. So what this podcast is all about is Matt and I have a show called the Hockey Show on Clemson University. I know, Division. the best name ever. Uh-huh, it's awesome. It's so creative. And that is broadcast on the Facebook page, CU Tiger Vision. Uh, that's a bit of a shorter show. It's uh, obviously visual, so you can see us. Uh, and we don't like that, so we don't want you to see our ugly faces. So we're coming at you behind the mic here so you can't see us. But mostly we're doing this so we can expand on our topics a little more. We can get into things that maybe wouldn't be kosher on a, on a show like um, I mean, in a club like Tiger Vision, which is obviously sanctioned by the school. So this is what we're doing. We're going to uncensored, unplug, as Matt likes to say. And we're just going to try to come at you guys once or twice a week with some takes, some news. And we're going to give you what we think about everything that's going on in the hockey world. So that's a little bit of a background behind what we're doing here. Matt, you got anything to add to that? Uh, perfect. That's it. Okay. okay. Well, why don't we get started? We're going to start with John Hines, who was fired after a horrible start to the season in New Jersey. The Devils are far too talented to be this bad at this point in the season. That's a point that Matt has made repeatedly. Yeah, let's talk about that just real quick. Um, bad start for them. They're talented. They're obviously shopping Taylor Hall, which we're going to talk about in a second. But yeah, John Hines done. His assistant coach, Elaine Nazardine is taking over. He's a 44-year-old former player, cup of coffee in the league, about 84 games played in the National Hockey League. He's been an assistant on Hines' staff since 2015. And we know that he's qualified for the job just because he didn't have an impressive playing career. So there's obviously some thoughts that he has that has contributed to the team since 2015. And they feel that we that he is a good backup plan for John Hines' exit from town. So what do you got? Yeah, John Hines, uh, not that good of a coach. No. That's why they shipped him off. Uh, Jack Hughes, Taylor Hall, Nico Heeshear, P.K. Subban, uh, the list goes on of uh, young talent they have. I mean, P.K. Subban's not young, but they got, a, they got a crap load of talent, and they're wasting it. They mm-hmm. are second to last in the East right now. Um, only 10 points out of the playoffs, though, but uh, they should at least be treading water uh, at least – be around the playoff conversation with the talent they have. So, yeah, I don't, I don't mind this firing, and uh, hopefully, this interim coach will get stuff done and earn himself a full time job. Without a doubt, uh, interim coaches have had some success in the past few years. Shout out Craig Berube yeah, winning the Stanley Cup last Craig year. Craig Berube last year, uh, Bruce Cassidy getting the job as the coach for the Boston Bruins after taking over for Claude Julian. Those are two guys who, I mean, in their first seasons as full. First, well, Bruce Cassidy in his first full season as coach brought his team to the Stanley Cup, and Craig Verubri in his first game in the first, in his in the season in which he had his first game as the head coach brought his team to win the cup. So, yeah, interim head coaches are having success so far in the league uh, to this point, and I think the reason is that uh, teams and front offices know their backup plan should their coach, you know, be headed out of town. In a case other than Bill Peters without incident, uh, we're going to get into Bill Peters, but coaches that are gone without incident, it never happens out of the blue unless you lose like 40 games in a row. Uh, you always going into a season know 
All right, who's going to take over? Uh, because our head coach is on thin ice. So who's going to take over when he's, um, if he doesn't have the start that we want him to? And that's why you're seeing coaches get fired at this point in the season so early because they know that they have suitable backup plans that can get them some wins before it's too late. Yeah, we saw that when uh, Mike Babcock got fired a couple weeks ago. Sheldon Keefe, immediately, they named him interim head coach. Mm-hmm. And he's 4-2 uh, and two so far. So Right, so um, some success already from yeah. him. But yeah, like we mentioned, let's Bill Peters. Uh, Speaking of coaches getting yeah, so canned, even he, though he resigned. Yeah, he technically resigned after being uh, accused of kicking, hitting, verbally and physically assaulting players on, on the bench and in the locker room, namely using racial slurs against uh, Nigerian-born Akina Lu in reference to his music, uh, his music choice in the locker room a few years ago on a minor league team. Obviously, this is something that can't happen. Um, he was not, he was, they allowed him to resign. They did not fire him, but don't expect Bill Peters to have a job in hockey anytime soon, probably ever again. Yeah. Yes, this happened 10 years ago, but he should have been fired 10 years ago if people knew about it. Good for Akeem Alou to be able to step up and uh, voice his concern. This is sort of a trickle-down effect, a butterfly effect, uh, as you will, uh, from the firing of Mike Babcock a couple weeks ago, which we just mentioned, and the subsequent allegations involving Mitch Marner having to make a list of the laziest players on the team and him reading it out to the to the club. Um and then also uh, Chelios, Hall of Fame defenseman, right. coming out and saying when he was on the Red Wings, he verbally abused players as well. So Yeah, so just these non-players coaches, these sort of harsher coaches are, I mean, they've always crossed the line. It's just now starting to come out. It'll probably continue to come out, but most namely Bill Peters. For I mean, you can't say racial slurs. You can't do it. Anywhere in hockey is no excuse Despite the fact, as Matt, uh, I'm sure we'll get into, there aren't a lot of minorities in hockey. It's typically dominated by white players, but that makes it so special when, um, you know, mostly black players. But there are some instances of Mexican players and Asian players who are able to step in and be successful in the league. So it, it is special when that happens, just by the pure fact that there are a lot of white people in the in the league, and that's just the that's just facts. I mean, it's a European game by heart and Canadians, so. Yeah, um, you got players like P.K. Subban trying to build this sport in the black community, and uh, yeah, this is just not a good look. Yeah, it's uh, an enormous setback for hockey. And yeah, like you said, there's a small minority of African Americans who play this game. You want to welcome them with open arms mm-hmm. um, because it's it it is a rare occurrence, and we want to change that. We want guys like P.K. Subban, Joel Ward, Wayne Simmons, just to name a few. Uh, mm-hmm who can play at the highest level. It's awesome for the sport. So, yeah, this just can't happen. Um, like you said, 10 years ago, the fact that he's coaching at the highest level, the Calgary Flames, um, 10 years after he made comments that just cannot be made, mm. uh, it stinks. It's a it's a tough day in hockey. So Yeah, of course it is. But from a pure hockey standpoint, the Flames, who are struggling a little bit right now with the amount of talent that they have, they have an opportunity to reset, so we're hoping they can do that and make things interesting in the Western Conference. Uh, let's move back to New Jersey and talk about Taylor Hall as we move away from coaches and into players. Taylor Hall is rumored to be shopped around by New Jersey in the past week. He was recently moved down to the third line by John Hines, and 
from every indication we've been given, Elaine Nazardine has no indication of moving him back up anytime soon. He has 18 points so far, which is good, but probably not good enough for him. Yeah, only four goals on the season, and mm-hmm. he is a, a Hart Trophy winner. This is uh, He needs to start producing at some point. Um, but it looks like he's probably going to start producing in a different uh, mm-hmm. different jersey. So Probably on his way out of town. Which yeah. is good for him, a, a change of scenery. He's been always been stuck with a team that's either rebuilding or just not good. Uh, when he was with Edmonton, they just weren't good, and now they are, which stinks for him. And uh, now he's with New Jersey, and they suck. So I think he's won. His team has won the draft lottery three times of the seven years that he's played in, in which is league. so funny because he tweeted in the offseason. Mm-hmm. Offseason, he was like, "Speaking of records, uh, no team has ever had the first <laughs> overall pick three years in a row." Important note: Taylor Hall being paid around $8 million right now. His extension was given to him while he was on Edmonton, and then he was moved over to New Jersey shortly after as sort of a sign-and-trade type of deal. Um, So this would be the first time that he'd be able to test the free agent market as he is an unrestricted free agent at the end of this season. Uh, so he unless has, he just thrives with his new team. And signs an extension. But he has made it clear that he is not going to explore an extension with the New Jersey Devils. If that's a, a sign of he doesn't want to be in New Jersey, then I'm sure he is on his way out. Maybe it isn't. Maybe it is. I think that for him, he just wants to see where he can get the most money for next year. And he wants to be able to control his destiny. He This is the first time that he's going to be able to test the market and be like, well, maybe I want to play in Canada where I was born. Or maybe I want to play in Boston, who almost picked me in the first round of the draft a few years ago when they picked Tyler Sagan instead and then traded him away for nothing. Um, Whoa. <laughs> Louis Erickson, my dude. Yeah, and Riley Smith, who are both gone now. Not on well, Louis Erickson's uh, retired since he's 900 years old. Riley Smith is, I, I believe, still in the Vegas system. He re- produced a lot in the first season. Either anyway. way, either way, yeah, let's move on from that. But, yeah, uh, it's rumored that Nashville has been um, interested so far. It's also rumored that Colorado is interested, but Nashville is the only one to have it come out that they've made an offer so far. The offer was pretty low. Obviously, this would be a rental because he's made it clear that he wants to explore free agency. But Nashville has made an offer. It didn't include picks from what we've heard. I would assume that, or I would think that, to if they're trying to be smart with their future, that the Devils would be exploring picks and assets and young goaltending talent as opposed to high-powered scoring. like They're not trying to replace Taylor Hall with one player. Yeah, I would want uh, a depth guy that I could put third or fourth line mm-hmm. and also some first, second round first picks. First round picks, yeah. Um, you have or to, some goaltending. They'd be, and the reason that I think they're, they're looking to move him right now is not because they want to have success this season, but that they know that other teams who are looking to have success this season, who are right on the line of the playoffs, can try to get Taylor Hall to start scoring goals for them and make a run for the playoffs this season. Like Nashville. Yeah, when you when you exactly like Nashville. And when you move later into the season, that becomes more, okay, what are the top 10 teams in the league who are looking to make a run at the Stanley Cup? When you do it now, and especially with Taylor Hall not having a new trade clause, the market is wildly bigger. There's probably a good 20 teams who – could realistically be in the market for him right now, no matter what their goal for the end of the season is. Uh, it becomes less of a risk to rent a guy earlier in the season than it is at the end. As you saw last year, 
at the end of the season, at the trade deadline, the Columbus Blue Jackets sold their soul for a chance to win the cup and came up well short of it. Yeah. So. Um, Colorado, another team. I think he would thrive in Colorado. Uh, one team I that like kind of popped in my head a little bit ago was San Jose because mm-hmm. um, they're they're one point out of the playoffs right now. If they can get a score like Terrell Hall and he starts playing to his capabilities, watch out. Um, so because San Jose definitely has the talent, but they they did lose key guys like uh, Pavelski and uh, Hurdle, I believe, is gone mm-hmm. as well. So yeah. That would be insane. But uh, wherever he ends up, he's going to start. He's going to start playing some good hockey. So, all right. So why don't we move on? We're going to talk a bit about some games that are coming up this week. We're going to delay our talk about the standings and the power rankings, whatever you want to call it. Our predictions for the rest of the season. We're going to delay that till we have a little bit more time. But today, we're just going to talk about some exciting things on the horizon in the NHL, beginning with the Avalanche at the Leafs. The Leafs are 4-2 and two since firing their coach and bringing in Sheldon Keefe to take over their team. Uh, President Brendan Shanahan and GM Kyle Dubas, they picked the perfect time to get Mike Babcock out of town. I say they should have done it earlier, but if they were going to do it this season, you do it early. And you do it especially now because the Leafs, even after losing four games in a row, were never more than four or five, six points out of the playoffs. So they moved them out when they were struggling. They had a good excuse to get them out of town. Because, like I said, they had this backup plan all along with Sheldon Keith. They knew that they were excited to bring him in to coach the Leafs. Um, yeah, they did it at the right time. He's had some success so far. But also, the Avs are red hot. They've won three in a row. They're 7-3-0 and and in their last 10, and they're third in the center. They're surging up the standings right now. So it's always fun when two teams who are hot run into each other. I, that's what we're going to see happen tonight. Avs at Leafs. I'm going to say that the Avs take it. They're going the least coming off a 6-1 loss, a spanking by the Philadelphia Flyers. But I think they'll lose again. I think the Avs are going to come into town and take the game. What do you got, Matt? Uh, the Avs, I've kind of adopted them as like my second team uh, behind the Capitals. So, yeah, I uh, I love this team. They're playing really well. And, uh, yeah, not a big fan of the Maple Leafs, uh, considering they suck. And, uh, yeah, if you're looking at tonight's games – Capitals at Kings, Avalanche uh, at the Maple Leafs, Blues at Penguins, Oilers at Senators, and you're just you're dying to get a parlay going. Uh, <laughs> my picks tonight are going to be the Caps, Avs, Blues, and Oilers, considering the Avs and the Blues are plus money. So, so it gives you some good odds there. So, uh, if you know anything from my Beer Money Sports podcast, don't listen to a word I say on picks. But I'm just telling you what I'm picking. Yeah. Maybe you want to pick the other teams. I don't know. That's just what I'm saying. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. The Kings against the Caps. Maybe you want to go. The Senators against the Oilers. Yeah. Anyway, I got the exciting night. An exciting night tonight. No matter who you're picking to win the game, Um, it's going to be a lot of fun, as it always is. Any team can win any game in the National Hockey League, which is why you can get odds like that. You can get some teams plus money when maybe they should be favored, just because home ice matters so much, especially in odds. And any team can win. The Detroit Red Wings obviously are struggling a ton, but they have seven wins, which means teams have come into Detroit or Detroit has come into their towns and beaten them. Yeah, It happens. I uh, I was at the casino last week. Blues were plus money. Uh, 130 against Dallas in Dallas, and they won 3-1. So, exactly. Blues have never let me down. The Blues have never made me blue. 
Oh yeah. So if you want a really bad pun, there you go. To move on, the Coyotes are second in the Pacific. They're in the midst of an East Coast trip right now. Sort of a what are you made of type of week for them. They just took on the Blue Jackets this past couple of days. They won 4-2 in Columbus. Wait, hold up. Somebody beat the Blue Jackets? <laughs> I am in awe right now. I, I'm stunned. Blue Jackets are winning games somehow. They're almost 500, but yeah. yeah me Blue you. Jackets lose at home in Columbus um, to the Coyotes. The Coyotes are second in the Pacific. Like I said, they're one point behind Edmonton. They're on fire. They now go into Philly to play the Flyers and then into Pittsburgh, the Pennsylvania swing, as a, I guess we'll call it. And then they go back out west to win to play Chicago on Sunday in the Windy City. This is an important moment for them, especially because of how close it is in, in the West. They could easily, if they drop the next three games, be out of the playoff picture, yeah. which is unbelievably insane. I know we didn't talk about the standings today, but we're going to get into that for you guys. Yeah, we're going to. It's extremely close. We're going to hit that up next week, uh, but do yourself a favor and check out the standings. The West is incredibly it's tight. airtight, right? Yeah. Uh, the Kings are dead last in the West, and if they can string some wins together, they're back in it. Like mm-hmm. That's how tight the West is. Right. So I'm going to say for the Coyotes this week, I think they're going to lose both games in Pennsylvania. They're going to go to Chicago and take a win against them in the Western Conference. Basically, win the games they should, handle their business, maybe lose some of the games against the tougher teams in the league. Not panic mode for them after this. I think they just tread water on this trip. But it is important because going out east is difficult, and they're in a vulnerable vulnerable position right now, as is every team in the West. So just an important trip for them. Yeah, I uh, totally agree with you. I think they get business done where they should and then probably uh, start losing some games to some tougher teams, mm-hmm. especially – the Western Conference teams, as we just pointed to, uh, anybody can win on any night in that conference. So, yeah, good for the Coyotes, though. They've, uh, it seems like for the past couple of years, they've been on the edge of making the playoffs. Last year, they were like four points out and just couldn't get it done. Colorado started going on, they started getting hot at the right time and then obviously beat mm-hmm. Calgary in the first round. Yeah. Um, considering they, when they're healthy, they have the best line in hockey and Ranton and Landis Gog and McKinnon. So, all right, guys, so we hope this is a good preview for you to sort of get a little bit of what we're made of over here at the Good Gold Podcast. We're going to come at you with our takes, our opinions, our picks for games, our picks for the playoffs, for the Cups. Uh, we're going to argue about – We're going to argue a lot. Standings, picks, Olympic hockey, considering NHL players can't play. That's a long, drawn-out argument for another time. Mm-hmm. Um, few things – if you have any questions, any topics you want us to talk about, feel free to tag us on Twitter. Um, DM us on Instagram. Yep. Shoot at, us at Good Goal Podcast for both of those. Um, if you're interested in sponsoring or donating or you just want to say what's up, uh, Podcast at gmail.com. Um, and yeah, we're gonna we're gonna try to put some content on our social media, some retweets of insane goals that have mm-hmm. already been, or some good Michael Jackson sellies from kids. Yeah, it's insane. Check out our Twitter, <laughs> um, and then also maybe some polls. Some we're gonna we're trying to build this brand. Yeah, we're gonna try to so. get y'all involved. So, in return for the content, we're gonna ask you to follow us on all of our platforms, share us with your friends, the hockey fan in your life. We hope that he's gonna like us. Or she. We hope he or she is going to like yeah. us. Uh, so I hope this is a good preview for y'all. We're going to be back at you as soon as we can. Wish us luck on our finals next week. Yeah, amen. We need it. Yeah, so thank you guys. Thanks for listening. We'll be back at you soon.
Peace.